It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Eight minutes after six o'clock on Saturday morning, 58 degrees here in Midtown Atlanta, and it's foggy. So if you have to get out on the roads this morning, allow yourself a little bit of extra time. Just be careful. Leave a lot of space between yourself and the car in front of you. I kind of gave motorists a lecture uh, yesterday morning in traffic because there were so many spin-out crashes because we seem to have forgotten, as we always do, how to drive in the rain. People just don't get it. And I was tired of seeing cars spun out taking up multiple lanes on the interstate, so slowing down, not following too closely. If you've been in an accident, get those hazard lights on as quickly as you can so that people don't hit your car. Look out for standing water in cases of yesterday when it just rained and rained and rained. But uh, today will be a little bit easier, I think. The fog will burn off. It's going to be a nice day. It's going to be a cold day, though. I want to know what you're getting into. 404-872-0750. So, Have you followed or liked the Facebook page? I hope so, because there's so much going on on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. And I was excited to post a picture from Rivermont Golf Club, which was so much fun. Um, A good field trip one day this past week and got to visit with golf course superintendent Mark Hoban. And wow, he showed me so many things. I don't think this is your standard golf course. Um, Not that I've been on a, a large number of golf courses, but the unique things uh, the Mark is doing in, in terms of how to plant, how to keep it sustainable, some scientific research being done on different things he does, like composting and compost tea for the plants that he's got was just outstanding. So I was busy this week going out, meeting a lot of different people, had some experts here to record some interviews with. So I think that beginning next week, what I'm going to propose to all of you is the beginning of my outdoor expert series. So starting next week for three weeks, so three Saturdays in a row, we've got the 19th, we've got the 26th, and I think we have the third, uh, my Outdoor Expert Series. So for three weeks, I'm going to bring the experts to you. A wide range of topics, all kinds of things we'll cover, uh, beginning next Saturday with tips for managing deer. Yes, that's a problem for a lot of you right now, and actually there was just an article put out uh, by our TV partners upstairs and, and on our website on WSPRadio.com. Be careful the next seven days. The deers, because they're rutting, uh, are going to be out mating season, all that kind of thing. So when you're driving, you may want to pay close attention to that too. So tips for managing deer, keeping them away from your landscape if that's what you choose to do. And then golf course management, sustainable planning, as I mentioned with Mark Hoban, uh, year-round pruning tips. And I'm going to give you a little bit of insight there in just a minute Uh, Information on tree preservation. That was a conversation with my friend Christy Bryant of Speaking for the Trees. You always wonder what happens when this large lot of land is cleared and all these trees are removed. Um, A lot of municipalities and cities have a hand in that. And they're making sure that our tree canopy stays what it is in Metro Atlanta, City in the Trees, as you all know. Uh, So there's a lot more that goes into that. They can't just clear away the trees and build their building and walk away. So information on tree preservation and a celebrity interview with a Rolling Stone. Not going to tell you which one. The topic might just surprise you. So you will have to listen. This is a must listen, green and growing for the next three Saturdays. So who knew a rock and roll star would be on the show? 404 872 So going back to year-round pruning tips, you know, there is a way to prune 12 months out of the year if you really need to. There are different reasons why you need to consider pruning things. Um, so recently I spoke with 
Bruce Holiday of Landscape Plus Plans and Rick Smith, the pruning guru, in case you've ever seen the pruning guru trucks around Metro Atlanta. And those guys came to me and said, hey, Ashley, we want to be on the show. We think we have a lot of knowledge combined that will be beneficial for your listeners. And boy, did we have a good time. We sat in the studio for two hours just a couple days ago and had so much to cover. So I want to share a little bit of that with you, um, Bruce Holiday and Rick Smith. So one of the things we talked about, you'll hear more of the interview here in the next three weeks for this Outdoor Expert series. But one of the things we talked about was uh, pruning pitfalls, right? And planting pitfalls too, choosing the right plant for the right place. Take a listen. But I don't know if this is a recent trend in the last 10, 20 years of a dwarf variety of something. Um, is that a good thing for the homeowner? Is that something they can count on as, as a smaller size or realistic expectations there? Well, dwarf is a horticultural relationship. And if you look at the parent plants where there's dwarf yopon holly, dwarf burford holly, even some of the dwarf gardenias, but specifically dwarf burford holly, if you consider the fact that the parent plant gets 40 feet tall, then it makes sense to find out <laughs> that dwarf Burford gets 15 feet yeah. tall. So a little phrase I used to always use with, with uh, Garden Club Talks that I do is, if you move into a house and the windows are lower than your chest or around chest high and the plants are knee high, that means you need to move them because they're going to get way too big. The other challenge is there are some dwarf plants that only get knee high, mm-hmm. but they get eight feet wide. Okay. There's some camellias do that. There's creeping plum yew is, is a great one that does that. And there also are some dwarf plants that sucker that have little roots that come out and pop up everywhere. So dwarf is a horticultural state of mind. And I always talk about it this way. You don't go to the Humane Society and get a Great Dane <laughs> like you have. Yep, shadow. If you want a chihuahua. But people buy the Great Dane plant not knowing because if you were to take a, a bunch of plants and you had the same name, whether it's holly, azalea, or camellia, and they're all in the same size container, and they're all at the nursery, and one's $50 and one's $15, what you don't know is a $50 plant may be five or six years old, and it only is ever going to get six feet tall, whereas a $15 plant may be only two years old, mm-hmm. and it's going to get 20 feet tall. So, you know, if you want instant gratification, you may be dealing with future frustration because you put the wrong plant. One of my favorites, Rick, and I'm sure you love this one, dwarf gold mops and dwarf cypresses. Mm-hmm. There again, they say dwarf, but they get six by six, and they'll plant them a foot away from the sidewalk, and then a few years, you can't even walk down the sidewalk. Let me uh, go to the mop head since you just mentioned it. The threadly cypresses. My wife and I just had this friendly disagreement. She wanted some in the yard because she said that they stay small. And I said, no, yeah. I don't want them in there. So just to please her, I bought a couple of them. Well, guess what? They're growing like I said they are. But one thing that homeowners are doing is, and landscapers are doing is they're shearing them. That's one plant you definitely do not shear. Mm-mm. You don't shear any conifer. The plant will continue to grow and you cannot rejuvenate it due to conifers do not promote new growth beyond the uh, foliage. Hand pruning it is where you can actually keep it contained for the most part. But the rule of thumb that I like telling customers, you can put a puppy in a cage and you can give that puppy a haircut every day. But that puppy's still going to outgrow that cage. Sure, absolutely. And plants are the same way. Certain issue that I come up with a lot, or let's say Japanese maples, the weeping dissectums, is they'll buy it when there's a three-gallon plant, and they'll put it in this one little spot in between a driveway and a sidewalk. Five years later, it's three feet over the sidewalk or driveway, and they want me to come and create a miracle, which I cannot do. No. That's where you're doing your research and making sure you put your right 
plant in the right place. And Japanese mm-hmm. maples are probably the number one abused plant like that because whether it's the regular standard Japanese maple that they plant in a space, use this little inset where like the dining room is yes. and the front entrance of the house and I the garage sticking out and it's like, you know, 10 feet wide and they put a little three gallon Japanese maple in there and you go back and, you know, like you said, you see them butchering those back. They'll tolerate a little more pruning than the thread leaf or the dissectums, as Rick mentioned, because there again, you can cut it back to a certain point, but they're going to grow back again, and you're just going to have that problem forever and ever. Yeah. I'd like to bring something up about the weaving dissectums. Homeowners and even landscapers, they do not realize how big these plants get. A lot of times, they don't realize how tall they get. For an example, you get a three-gallon weeping dissectum, and it can be waist high, and you cannot prune them back hard. Mm-mm. Planting pitfalls. See, there you go. Some of the things that you run into, and and I'm kind of running into that right now. We just had the front yard, which is a slope, uh, grubbed out, so to speak. Like we pulled out the the creeping juniper, and it's now well, it was just bare dirt. But landscape design company came out, built a retaining wall, cut into the slope a little bit. So I have this bare dirt, which I talked to a caller last Saturday about really the importance of getting that covered, uh, so that it doesn't erode, lose nutrients, and and that kind of thing, and compaction as well. But planting, I mean, you're starting with a clean slate or even if you're just planting in the bed beside your walkway, properly spacing those plants. And, yeah, they're going to look small. It's not going to look very filled in right now, but you got to give it time. You know, the vision of two, three, four years down the road, how those Leland cypresses are going to get so tall, how that maple is really going to need a lot of space to grow and not close to the house. So a lot more with my conversation with Bruce Holiday and Rick Smith, the pruning guru, coming up in the next few weeks. Right now it is 617. When we come back, I want to give you the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, as well as some news about honeybees and exciting research being done at the University of Georgia. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing right here on WSB. The weather update for your weekend brought to you by Finley Roofing. Isolated showers. I hope they hold off till later in the day. I have to hit the road right as I leave Midtown today. But uh, Channel 2 meteorologist Brad Nitz calling for a high of 62 today. It's going to be a little warmer than it is now. A low of 34. Bring in those houseplants if you haven't already that have been out on the deck, the patio, and then mostly sunny skies tomorrow. It gets colder, only a high of 52. The complete forecast comes up soon. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, number one, how about you rake out fallen leaves? It's going to be difficult right now as they're all wet and stuck together, but uh, replace the mulch under crab apples and dogwoods. That's something to think about to prevent disease for next year. Neaten up the perennial flower beds as well. Go ahead and remove those dry stems, the dead leaves. I have a stilby, I have some rutabecchia. The leaves or the stems are brown, so go ahead and prune those off and put fresh mulch underneath your shrubs and trees and perennials. If you have a lot of pine trees in the landscape, try to rake that pine straw and use that as mulch. That's free. Number two, fill bird feeders with black oil sunflower seeds. The birds will find and eat each seed, and it won't accidentally feed chipmunks and rats hanging out on the ground when the stuff falls. And number three, fertilize again pansies, snapdragons, cabbage, and dianthus you planted a few weeks ago. I use a powdered water-soluble fertilizer now, but then you can switch to something that's containing a little more nitrogen for December through March and kind of keep up with uh, the needs of your vegetable gardens as well when you're thinking about your fertilization regimen. A lot of those fertilizers will tell you maybe once a month 
um, and you really need to do that. I know Brussels sprouts are heavy feeders, and some of those cool season crops really need to be paid attention to. So speaking about bees, if you are really interested in what's going on agricultural uh, agriculturally, is that a word? In uh, the state of Georgia, there are two newsletters that I recommend you sign up for. One is from the College of Ag at the University of Georgia, College of Ag and Environmental Sciences, CAES. Their newsletter is fantastic. And another one that I get is the Georgia Farm Bureau as well. And that kind of really keeps you up to date uh, with things going on, exciting research, awards, all these kind of things being done. Uh, but one of the latest ones to come out was this large company uh, for animal health, promoting animal health and vaccines and all of that recently decided to kind of make their headquarters in Athens, Georgia, so that they're able to work with a world-renowned university and veterinary students and also entomologists and all that kind of thing because uh, they want to put insect health on the map. And this is really kind of tuned into bees. Uh, Everywhere I've gone on recent field trips visiting with people across the state, apiaries, everyone wants an apiary places where you keep bees and they're interested in that and promoting honeybees and I think that's fantastic but it is really it requires your full attention to keep honeybees and hives healthy so there is uh, one bacterial disease American fowl brood that really can affect an entire swarm so this company working with the University of Georgia to vaccinate honeybees and doing that through the queen and inoculating her and then having it travel through the hive. Now, there are also viral diseases or viral, you know, things that that hit up the hives that are a little bit trickier to work with. But that's just going to be a really good partnership there at the University of Georgia with things being done uh, to help honeybees. And another thing that came out, too, not too long ago, I went to the trial gardens. And if you haven't been... It's open to the public. It's free on the campus of the University of Georgia. Uh, Visited with Dr. Alan Armitage there. Took a couple of videos over the summer, which you can find on the Facebook page if you go back to maybe April, May. And uh, Sandy Bagani, who is the manager of the Trial Gardens. And they get flowers and seeds from breeders all across the country and even internationally, too. And they trial them. They see how they withstand our climate, our soils, cool temperatures, warm temperatures, and they've handed out awards, the 2002 Classic City Award winners, and so many cool plants based on what they're, how they're judged, uh, won these awards, and you're probably going to see them in the nurseries not too long from now. So I'll share some of those with you when we come back. And I want to take your calls too. The show's wide open, 404-872-0750. Good morning. Glad you're here. Saturday morning, you're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. I feel like today may be filling the stuff portion of that. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. You just never know. Uh, 404-872-0750. Happy to be with you on a Saturday morning. Ashley Frasca here. Uh, Heard Monday through Friday with Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade as part of Triple Team Traffic. And boy, we had a week. 
Um, and then occasionally, I believe next Sunday may be one of those days where I work on a Sunday too. Why not come in and guest host the weekly checkup for Dr. Bruce Feinberg on a Sunday afternoon? So love being here at the station. We have a great crew. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way, really. So over the summer, got to visit the UGA trial gardens and the director there at the University of Georgia for those is John Reuter. Um, and the manager, Sandy Bagani, who I got to interview, and kind of Dr. Alan Armitage took me in a walkthrough. But over the summer, it is just bursting at the seams with all kinds of really cool plants, most of which you have never seen, uh, to for them to really jump the hurdles to make it to market and be sold uh, at retail outlets. So these trial gardens, plant breeding companies send plants they've developed to test growth and performance. And Georgia heat and humidity is a good test for that, right? So this is why companies from Michigan and the Midwest and all of that will send things here. So uh, manager Sandy Bagani said that she evaluates plants for uniformity, looking at disease resistance, good leaf color, and then little to no leaf drop as well. And then if the plants all look really similar, that's a sign of predictability, which is better for homeowners like you and I. We want to be able to predict how it's going to behave, where it's going to do well, what size it's going to grow to, and all of that. So uh, this year's award winners, and this is so exciting, and this is from an article, again, that newsletter you need to sign up for through the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences at UGA. Uh, this is by Amanda Budd, but she was able to get some of the judges' comments on each of the winners. So there's a Calibrachoa, you know, which is like a petunia, and it's Superbell's Prism Pink Lemonade, so beautiful, by proven winners, and it's just a mounded, Calibrachoa plant with yellows and pinks and all of that. And then Crystal Moon Caladiums by Classic Caladiums. And that one's really pretty, a shade variety. It's kind of a grayish white silver, but really kind of lit up, almost iridescent looking. Uh, there's a Vinca hybrid that did really well, uh, swirling kind of colors in the flowers, Senorita Pink. And then Coleus, which we love our Coleus in the summertime. If you keep when they go to flower, if you keep that flower pinched out, um, they just become huge. Coleus just become big and bushy, all different variations of leaf size, leaf color. So this one is by Pan American Seed, and it was a Coleus Premium Sun Ruby Heart. So it was a ruby-colored leaf with a yellow or gold edging. It looks like the underside of the leaf uh, is gold or yellow as well. So kind of exciting things coming to the market. Got some uh, Gerbina that did well, hibiscus. Lantana, I'm interested in this, Lantana Gem, uh, Compact Orange Fire. So that one is heat, drought, and deer resistant, they say. And it may be a little bit different shape, kind of perfectly round, making life easier for the gardener. Because I know a lot of your Lantana just go absolutely insane. They get so large. So really cool things going on there at the trial gardens. That's a place you can visit next time you're in Athens, right in the heart of campus, not too far from Stegman Coliseum, where you can just take a stroll through the gardens and kind of take pictures of the plants you like. You can't take any clippings, parts, or cuttings or anything of them, but just look and don't touch and enjoy the color, especially in the summertime. Um, a lot of things coming up for the events calendar for November and December, of course, a lot with holiday themes. But uh, I do keep all of that posted on the website on wsbradio.com slash green and growing just for you in case you're looking for something to do one weekend with the kids or you're looking to maybe further your education and there's topics of gardening and areas of gardening that interest you. 
I post all of it right here. So you don't have to go searching for a class about pruning or a class about birding or something like that. It's all right here. Uh, Coming up today, National Thrive Outside Day. That's at Rodney Cook Senior Park here in the city. That's going to be a good little gathering. Uh, The Wild Center out there in DeKalb County. S'mores in the Garden. That's going to be fun this afternoon uh, from noon to four. So doing s'mores uh, in the daytime. That's going to be kind of different. Fall and Feathers, Field Trips for Teens, that is going on in Athens, and that is sponsored by Georgia Audubon. So if you have any kids interested in birding, that's going to be really exciting for them to uh, just kind of walk around, learn things at the State Botanical Gardens. That's for ages 13 to 17. And then, of course, we'll have all of the Christmas-themed things coming up, Fantasy and Lights at Callaway Gardens, the Festival of Trees. Uh, Pike Nursery and others will be doing wreath classes where it's kind of that make and take. You're able to make uh, a wreath for the holidays and take it with you. And for folks in Cherokee County, and I know a lot of other counties do this too, just at different times of year. For folks in Cherokee County, they're doing an electronics recycling event uh, Saturday, December 3rd, which isn't too far from now. So after you've uh, gotten over the hurdle of Thanksgiving, you can kind of start to pare things down in your house and look around and find that old dot matrix printer or computer monitor that's about 10 years old, and they can recycle those things uh, for county residents. So wsbradio.com slash green and growing to find out garden classes, opportunities, and all that kind of thing. And I did just put out the newsletter for those of you who sign up for it every other Friday. Again, wsbradio.com is where you sign up. Look for the envelope in the upper right corner of the page. And you can select which newsletter you want to sign up for, whether it's mine, Dave Baker, Scott Slade with the top three things you need to know. And I think uh, Jamie Dupree, Washington Insider, is still there as well. Uh, but one of the articles I just wrote for that, The Beauty and Ease of Holiday Cactus, uh, because I've seen so much of that over the recent weeks in the garden Facebook pages that I'm a part of, uh, people from all across the country posting their Thanksgiving cactus, right? And they're really excited about the explosion of blooms. Some of those things could be 30, 40 years old and just propagated over time from from an original parent plant. But they are enjoying the abundance of blooms on the holiday cactus. And so I did have someone reach out and say, why is my Christmas cactus already blooming? Well, she had a Thanksgiving cactus. And there is a difference in the leaves, uh, the way you look at the leaves between a Thanksgiving cactus, a Christmas cactus, and an Easter cactus, yeah, believe it or not. So you can have one for almost all times of year that's blooming. Um, the Thanksgiving one's probably going to be the most common one, and it does start to bloom weeks prior to Thanksgiving. It's got more pointed lobes, like all the little cactus leaves are all stacked right in a row, but it's got more pointed lobes, whereas the Christmas one is a little more elongated and no sharp points on those leaves, and they kind of trail a little bit more. And then the Easter cactus, that just is a darker green leaf, and to me looks totally different from um, the Thanksgiving and Christmas. So best to keep those out on a sunny deck or patio throughout the summer. A lot of you know that, and a lot of you do that. That's going to ensure flower production. It, It loves all of that sun, takes it all in for the summer months, and then you start to bring it inside when temperatures are falling below 50 degrees. So right now, if you haven't already, would be a good time to do that. Make sure it is in a sunny window. And if you want to share it with others, it's very easy. You just take a couple of those leaves and you can root them. And they root very, very quickly. Whether you have like a soilless potting mix or even just sand, you want to keep it a little moist, even on the drier side, really. But you just barely stick that little leaf down in there, stick a couple of them down in there, Place the pot in a sunny window. And to speed up rooting, which this is 
good for propagation for anything. Uh, you hear me talk about, you know, this Walter Reeves shared this method for years and years and years. That's how I learned it. But the two liter Coke bottle that has the bottom cut out where those funny little, you know, ridges are on the bottom of the bottle, cut that part out. And you're able to use that as a greenhouse effect or just a large Ziploc bag, like a gallon size Ziploc bag turned up upside down over the top of a pot. And that's going to kind of increase the humidity help something propagate a little more quickly, whether you're doing, you know, woody cuttings from something or the cactus that's going to speed up the rooting process. So if you have somebody that uh, has a holiday cactus that you're admiring and you really like, ask them if they wouldn't mind if you take a cutting from it. Take four or five leaves and you can soon have your own. 404-872-0750. Out to the phones we go. It's time for that. Margie in Douglasville. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Yeah, good morning. Glad to get a hold of you so thank you very much yeah. Uh, yeah i'm interested in a cleomis plant that uh, someone gave me and they think that they reseed but i don't know uh, i don't really have a good place outside for one i did get one from this person a year ago and uh, i had it in a great big large pot and uh i did see see you know they started coming back but then my squirrels outside on uh, I try to keep things away from squirrels, but uh, they just dug down in there and just gave it a real rip. But oh, no. uh, I did have a couple that came up, so I still have it in a pot because I don't have a very good yard for anything like that. And I, I did see a picture of how they grow. They grow very tall. They do. So I didn't know whether I should try to bring that pot in the house or just leave it out where it's at because I did have some beautiful Cleomis coming from it this year, and uh, I have one large, extra large pot outside that has probably a good four or five plants in it, and they are every bit of three feet tall. So yeah, they can even uh, get like right five, just, five feet tall. Isn't that really something? Um, they're really, really nice and beautiful. Um, so so people call I those just, spider plant too, right? Spider plant or spider flower. Well, um, I've only heard of the Cleomis. Okay. So So, um, uh, you can put down seed in late fall. That's going to be an option as well. For the plants that you have, they are not frost tolerant. Um, So they really prefer, you know, those temperatures of around 70 to 80 degrees. um, And with nighttime temperatures, not really getting much below 60. So I would would bring them in. well, okay. well-drained soil. They're they're going like gangbusters, and they're okay. So propagating from seed, um, you know, that's that's an easy start for anybody that wants it. But yeah, to keep it and keep the squirrels away, sure, bring it in. Okay, and um, well, if I did have, I have, I have two great big pots of them. So mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to just cut them down to the top of the dirt or something like that, and cover them up, would you think they would come back during the spring? I think so. I think so. If you do that and then, you know, it's kind of that set it and forget it, the things that you bring in in pots, water every now and then, but don't overwater kind of thing. Just maybe once every three or four weeks when you're walking by, dump a cup of water in there or something. That should be okay. But collect some. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Collect some seeds, too. That way you have a backup. Oh, I've I've got plenty of seeds right now. So we're okay. 
I did realize that they do have a lot of seeds. So yes. I'll have some. if they don't come back, then I'll have some to redo. So Good. I appreciate your help. Thank you so much for your program. You're welcome. Thank you, Margie. Have a great weekend. What a good question. Yeah, Cleome or spider plant, spider flowers, they are really pretty, grow so tall. And a lot of folks use those on uh, xeriscape gardening when you're just trying to to do something a little bit lower maintenance. So what a cool plant to consider. 404-872-0750. Time to take a break, and we'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. It's Ashley Frasca hosting Green and Growing on WSB. Thank you, Scott. Waking up to a foggy Saturday morning for sure. An isolated shower, stray showers. The chance is not going to go away today. Enjoy one of the last, quote, warm days we have because the high of 62 today and then mostly sunny tomorrow and Monday. But it's only going to get to the mid-50s. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right. Number one, fertilize again your pansies and snapdragons, even cabbage and dianthus. Man, dianthus is such a good uh, little bedding plant uh, that's perennial year-round, and it kind of mimics, to me, pansies or some small little uh, flower, but it's just so bright and so cheerful. But those, you want to fertilize them again. Something powdered, water-soluble, but then you can switch to a product containing nitrate, nitrogen, uh, December through March. Number two, fill your bird feeders with black oil sunflower seeds. The birds will find those and eat each seed, but it won't drop down onto the ground, feeding and attracting chipmunks and rats and things like that. I'm going to also take down the hummingbird feeders. I haven't done that yet. So I have stagnant water in a hummingbird feeder uh, that I probably should have taken down three weeks ago, and they're gone. They're gone, so I'm going to go and take it down. Although some of you do see the rufus, I think, uh, hang around for the wintertime. So I don't know if you still see them in the the feeder is going down, down, down. Someone's drinking it, then leave it out. Uh, number three, rake out fallen leaves and replace mulch under crab apples and dogwoods. Those are two uh, trees to consider to prevent disease next year. And any of the rotten fruit that's below the trees, like from a crab apple or something, you want to rake away. Uh, neaten up your perennial flower beds, put fresh mulch there, and remove dry stems and dead leaves. And I actually just posted a video uh, in the commercial break on the Facebook page. Search Facebook for Green and Growing WSB and just posted a video uh, at the top of the show. You heard a little bit of my interview with Rick Smith, the pruning guru, and Bruce Holiday, landscape architect. And he was on the show with Walter Reeves over the, the course of many years, the Lawn and Garden show right here. Um, and speaking of something to do, Bruce is actually demonstrating for you something to consider with some of your shrubs and small plants around the landscape. He'll show you exactly what to do. Watch the video um, on my Facebook page. And speaking of that, I want to say good morning to Julie. She just followed the Facebook page, and Suzanne has sent me a message, and Gwen up early, Anthony up early as well. So good morning to all of you. If you follow the Facebook page too, I will turn you on to other resources, links, websites, experts, anything that I reference on the show, I always try to post on there so you can go do a little bit more research, maybe about inoculating the queen of a, of a beehive and the vaccinations and the trials being done at the University of Georgia. All kinds of exciting things. 404-872-0750. Quickly approaching our number two of Green and Growing. I hope you'll stay tuned. And then, of course, coming up at 8.30, we'll talk to Pike Nursery. A sale on pansies, one you don't want to miss. And hellebores, too. All of that soon. Stay tuned.